0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America, NA member FDIC. Fourth and manageable, an SEC football podcast. Brought to you by 2400 Sports. Now, here's Brad Edwards. All right, it's time for questions. And this is something that we want to do as often as we can on this podcast. So if you have questions, we hopefully will have answers, but uh, send your questions in to us, and it doesn't matter which day of the week. We will, uh, we will try to do them on Tuesdays, Thursdays, uh, and on the Saturday Night Podcast, which you can download on Sunday mornings. That's actually the show where uh, I really want to hear your questions because uh, we'll have Tyler Bray there, and you can get into some of the things that happened during the games on Saturday and um, especially interested in, in his opinion on some of the game situation questions that might come up. So so anytime you have questions this season, just feel free to send them to us. Uh, you can do it over Twitter if you want. Hashtag SEC22. We'd love to hear from you. We have four questions today, and uh, two of them are kind of related. So I'm, I'm going to read them back to back. Brady asked, How real of a Heisman contender is Anthony Richardson? And David asked, Will Stetson Bennett start getting some deserved Heisman love? So this is one of the things that I love about college football. It's that as much as people complain about Heisman conversation early in the season, when it doesn't matter, and some people complain about the Heisman itself, and it's overrated, whatever, blah, blah, blah. The fact is people love to have players on their teams be discussed as Heisman candidates. And when they actually have a guy in that conversation, they can't get enough of it. And uh, in in David's case, the question about Stetson Bennett, let me just say this, David, I'm not accusing you of anything because I have no idea what your background is. I'm just going to say, I hope that you were on the Stetson Bennett bandwagon after the SEC championship game a year ago. I hope you were not one of those people who was calling for him to be replaced by JT Daniels for the playoff and now, three games later you're you're trying to prop him up as a Heisman candidate, uh, but I do agree with you that he's going to get some Heisman love, uh, as is Anthony Richardson. I don't know what the current odds are uh, for uh for the Heisman right now. who cares really? but the question is basically getting at you know do they have a chance? how much of a chance and I'm going to tell you what it comes down to is this and and I'm not saying that this is how everybody votes. I was a Heisman voter. I think it was 12 seasons. And this is certainly not how I voted. But I, I think there's a lot there's a lot of groupthink and a lot of, of a mob mentality when it comes to the Heisman uh, voting uh, group itself. There are over 900 people who vote for the award. And a lot of them don't follow college football as closely as you would like them to, if you care about the award. That's just the reality. It's been that way for, for a long, long time. And because of that, a couple of factors that that tend to loom large every year. Now, first of all, quarterbacks, and in this case we're talking about two quarterbacks, have a much greater chance of winning this award than anybody else. Um, obviously, you know, we, we saw a receiver win it just two years ago. So it's not like a quarterback uh, is the only one has a chance. But they are by far in the best position. And so that that's in favor of Anthony Richardson and Stetson Bennett. The other couple things I'll mention though are the quality of the team, uh, and by that I really mean the record. How good is the team? How highly are they ranked? How late into the season are they, you know maybe a, a candidate to make the playoff? Um, not saying you have to be a playoff contender, but it certainly helps because especially with a quarterback, a quarterback is held more accountable for his team's record than any other player on the field. And I think everyone can understand why, because a quarterback probably has more to do with the team's record. And that's not to say that every win is, you know, is the quarterback's credit and every loss is the quarterback's fault. But that's kind of the way that people look at it, is the quarterback is largely responsible for the record of a team. And so um, in the case of, let's say, Anthony Richardson, a lot of this has to do with how many games does Florida lose? and I think especially the big games, Um, how well does he play, and can they win most of those big games? Like We would expect that Georgia's going to win enough games for Stetson Bennett. The question is, how good is he going to look in the biggest games? He was fantastic against Oregon. Um, Now, you get midway into the season, I think for the most part that game is, I don't want to say going to be forgotten, but certainly it's not going to carry as much weight as games later in the season will. And, and let's keep in mind, the, the last game that voters will see before most of them cast their ballots will be the conference championship games. And that's was, that was why Bryce, Bryce Young won it last year. I'm not saying that that's all he did. He had a great season, but what put him over the top was the performance against Georgia in the SEC championship game. And so what I don't think that you can do very often and have a chance to win the Heisman is lose your final game. And so um, I, I think it would be important for someone like Stetson Bennett to win the SEC title, uh, assuming that they're, they're in that game. And then I, I think for Anthony Richardson, they don't necessarily have to beat Georgia, but I think he's going to have to play well against Georgia, and I think he's going to have to play well and win in most of the other games they play against ranked teams that, that have a big audience. And on top of that, the other thing, thing that I think is a major factor with Heisman voting is stats, and we all understand that. My question here is more for Stetson Bennett. I think Anthony Richardson should have huge numbers. I think Florida is going to be in a lot of close games, and he's going to have a chance to put up some big numbers, um, both passing, and he'll do enough running, have enough highlights running that I think that'll really help his cause. But will Stetson Bennett, in all the blowout wins that Georgia has, Will he attempt enough passes? You know, I mean, look, he's obviously a guy who can run. He will run sometimes, but he's not going to rack up big rushing numbers. He's not going to rack up as much on the ground as Anthony Richardson will. But how many passing yards per game is he going to average? How many touchdown passes is he going to throw? And being someone who enjoys advanced stats and analytics, I don't care about that stuff nearly as much as most voters do. But let's be honest, those are categories that the majority of them look at and pay a lot of attention to. Passing yards and passing touchdowns. And it's just hard for me to see Stetson Bennett having the numbers in those categories to be able to stack up with um, even someone like Bryce Young. Now, if if Alabama um, and Bryce Young lose to Stetson Bennett in Georgia in the SEC championship game, that probably takes care of that. But you look elsewhere at someone like C.J. Stroud at Ohio State, and who knows you know, what other players are going to emerge as the season goes on. It's just hard for me to imagine Stetson Bennett having the numbers that would really um, attract the love of the Heisman voters. And, and so my answer is, I think they both have a shot. They both deserve to be mentioned as candidates right now. And how long they remain candidates or, or you know top-notch candidates is going to depend for Anthony Richardson on how many games his team loses and for Stetson Bennett, how many yards and touchdowns he throws for because that's, uh, that's ultimately what's going to get the most attention from the Heisman voters. Okay, Ryan says, uh, on Tuesday's show, Tyler said he doesn't think LSU will be the worst team in the SEC West. Who does he think will be? Okay, so that was a question that I, I did ask Tyler on that show. And he, he did say uh, when pressed that he thought it was an overreaction to, to say that uh, LSU would be the worst team in the SEC West. He didn't tell me who he thought it would be, which is why we're getting the question. Unfortunately, Tyler isn't here to answer it. So I'm going to answer it for him. And I'm just going to say, I'm going to say, first of all, I agree with him. I, I, I think LSU will get better. I still think Auburn is more likely to be the last place team in the West. And that doesn't mean they're going to be absolutely awful. They looked okay in the season opener. But I think with Auburn, you just have a dynamic where it feels like the the coach is dead man walking. And just the first sign of adversity. I'm I'm not saying that he's weak or the players are weak. I'm just saying that as soon as Auburn starts losing games and things start to go wrong, the negativity from that fan base is going to be through the roof. There's going to be all sorts of conversation throughout the Southeast uh, about Auburn bringing in a new coach. And uh, I mean, look, even the possibility that they could do that mid season if things go bad. And so I just see there being a greater chance that the wheels could completely come off at Auburn where the players are distracted by all the negativity and it becomes difficult to focus and just the snowball effect, you know, and and it gets worse it's harder for me to see that happening at LSU. Look, I have no doubt that Brian Kelly is probably doing things in a way that's very different from Ed Ogeron. And some of the guys who've been around the LSU program for years might not like the way he does things. And it's possible that there could be some rocking of the boat and some friction you know, with, with some upperclassmen and the head coach. And, and there might be some guys even leave the team. That could happen. But I think all in all, um, Brian Kelly has the support of the administration, and there's no chance that you know he's getting fired, no matter how bad it gets. And so I think I think there will be just a lot more positive thinking about a lot more about looking to the future um, with LSU that might not necessarily be the case with Auburn. So so I'm gonna I'm gonna say Auburn is more likely um, to be the worst team, and and we still you know got to see what happens with some other teams as well. Wes asked, what do you expect from Mississippi State this season? And Wes, I'm not going to answer this with a record because I think the bigger deal is that this is year three for Mike Leach, and given how weird of a season 2020 was with COVID and all that, you kind of throw that one out. We saw some positive signs in the offense, like taking a step forward last year. And, and I, I think he has a quarterback in Will Rogers who is, is really good for his system, what he wants to do. He's had a chance now, um, not only through recruiting, but also through the transfer portal, to bring in players that fit his offensive style much better than, than what he inherited when he first arrived at Mississippi State. And so this is the year, I believe, this is the season in which we will have the question answered, will this offense work in the SEC? You know, and, and it's not, okay, will they be good enough to beat the weaker teams in the conference? They're going to win some conference games. The question is, when they go against the best teams, how well is that offense going to perform? You know, so far, in if, if memory serves me correctly, in two tries against Alabama, Mississippi State is yet to get into the end zone. No touchdowns in two games against Alabama under Mike Leach. Now, Mississippi State's not going to be judged by whether they can beat Alabama. The greater point is the defenses with the best athletes have handled this offense well so far. I mean, I should say the defense, being Alabama. But we know that in a given year, we know that that LSU could have an outstanding defense. It's certainly going to get some very talented players, especially at D.B., Texas A&M, the way they're recruiting, um, is is going to have, more often than not, a very good defense. And if you're going to make waves in the SEC and, and playing in the SEC West, you're going to have to be able to put up big numbers against teams. I mean, look, if you're Mississippi State, the truth is you're going to have to find a way to score on teams that probably have better players on defense than you have on offense. And that's the bottom line to me. Can Mike Leach's offense do that in the SEC West? You know, can they win enough games to be able to have you know a 9 or 10 win season every now and then, this is the year I think we get the answer to that question. I'm not saying it depends on whether they win 9 or 10 this year. I'm just saying how well that offense performs in conference play I think is going to answer a lot of questions about the staying power of that offense and of Mike Leach at Mississippi State. And so um, that's my expectation is that we're going to, to get an answer to that question one way or the other. And that's it. That's it for your questions. And I thank you for asking them and uh, really appreciate uh, those who wrote in. Thank you all, especially for listening to this podcast. And once again, you can download it three times a week, Tuesday, Thursday, and then Sunday mornings. And uh, we appreciate you listening and look forward to having you join us again on Sunday. Thanks a bunch. Enjoy the games.